0: Welcome back to Conversations with Father Greg. In this episode, we have a homily for Sunday, December 10th, 2023, which is the second Sunday in the season of Advent. We'll begin today with a reading from the Gospel of Mark, beginning in the first chapter. Mark writes, The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophet Isaiah, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, The one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. The Gospel of Christ. May I speak to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, hi there, everyone. I'd like to begin today by introducing you to a man named William of Ockham. He was born in the year 1287 in the village of Ockham in Surrey, England. He was an English philosopher specializing in metaphysics, philosophy, knowledge theory, ethics, and theology. He was also a Franciscan friar. Although he was quite a prolific writer, he may be best known for what is called Ockham's Razor. It essentially states that when a person is faced with competing explanations for the same phenomenon, the simplest is likely the correct one. At its core, it's a philosophical tool for shaving off unlikely explanations. It's a problem-solving tool that focuses on the least complicated explanation. It's not about the shortest explanation. It's about cutting away any unnecessary complications in favor of the simplest explanation. We begin to see that our friend William of Ockham may have invented that old acronym, KISS, reminding us all to keep it simple. Ockham's Razor came to mind this week as I read the reading from the prophet Isaiah as well as from Mark's Gospel. In fact, the very beginning of Mark's Gospel opens with its author quoting a text from the prophet Isaiah, which had been written about 700 years before Christ. God had given Isaiah a message to give to the people of Israel. God wanted them to know that he was going to send a messenger who would help prepare them for something new. God had Isaiah relay a message telling Israel to prepare the way of the Lord and to make his paths straight. But what does this mean? When Isaiah wrote those words, the people of Israel were in captivity. This portion of Isaiah's prophecy predicts the end of that captivity. God tells Isaiah to comfort God's people. Israel's term is over and her penalty has been paid. It's in this context that people heard the message to prepare the way of the Lord and to make God's path straight. It's a warning to be on the lookout. They would be rescued and would once again become a great nation. We can't forget that, 700 years later, Mark's gospel would echo Isaiah's words. Mark picks up on Isaiah's promise and God's promise to send a messenger. Mark writes, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way, the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. The gospel writer then segues into describing John the Baptist appearing in the wilderness, preaching repentance and the forgiveness of sin. John's work is a rich metaphor for the life of the people of Israel. Scripture tells us that the people of Israel wandered in the wilderness for 40 years before being led to the nation they would call home. They would settle down and build a home for their nation there. The Hebrew Scriptures tell the story of several conquests, and yet, each time, Israel was brought home. And now we have John the Baptist appearing in the wilderness, calling people away from their comfort so that they might repent. On the surface, John was drawing people away from that which had become so familiar, and yet there was a sense in which it was all so that people might come closer to God. As successful and as charismatic as John was, he promised that there would be one who would be even more so. Through baptism, John offered people reconciliation with God. The one who would follow John would offer much more. As those of us who have read ahead know, the one who would follow John was his cousin Jesus. There are many ways in which Jesus would pick up from where John left off. Like John, Jesus taught about the importance of seeking forgiveness. He also encouraged people to see and to interact with the world in new and arguably more life-giving ways. He taught his followers about something he called the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. And he encouraged people not only to watch and wait for it, but to actively seek it out. But what does this all have to do with William of Ockham, or even better yet, What does it have to do with us today? Both Isaiah and subsequently John spoke about preparing the way of the Lord and making God's path straight. But what does it mean to make God's path straight? It's about removing obstacles and making it as easy as possible to encounter God. This applies both to our own lives, but it also invites us to help others encounter God as well. The caution here is that some obstacles are more obvious than others. Sometimes it will take more effort to help remove an obstacle, and other times it will be very easy. Some obstacles can be very subjective. They are different for different people. What might be an obstacle or an impediment for me might not be for you at all. When we consider helping others encounter God, we also need to realize that not all obstacles are ours to remove. There are some things that we each have to address in our own lives and are not the responsibility of others. At its core, this is about facilitating encounters between God and other people. As people of faith, we are called to help draw others closer to God so that they might have an experience with God. This is what Isaiah did. It's what John did, and it's what we are called to do as well. Sometimes this sounds like a simple invitation to join us in church on Sunday. At other times, it means seeking ways to express God's compassion for humanity to the people that God loves. 16th century mystic Teresa of Avila once put it like this, Christ has no body now but yours. No hands, no feet on earth, but yours. Yours are the eyes through which Christ looks compassion on this world. Yours are the feet with which Christ walks to do good. Yours are the hands through which Christ blesses all. Yours are the hands. Yours are the feet. Yours are the eyes. You are Christ's body. Christ has no body now on earth but yours. This is what it means to prepare the way of the Lord and to make his paths straight. It's one of the primary ways that we, as the church, are called to be the body of Christ in our modern day. Let's pray. God of timeless grace, you fill us with joyful expectation. Make us ready for the message that prepares the way, so that with uprightness of heart and holy joy, we may eagerly await the coming of Christ, who reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen.